But I recommend that 40% of your time you write content like that. Because if you don't write content like that, it'll be hard to get the search traffic. This is Writers in Tech, a podcast where today's top content strategists, UX writers, and content designers share their well-kept industry secrets. All right, so welcome to Writers in Tech podcast, a podcast brought to you by the UX Writing Hub, a platform that educates writers from all over the world. Today, I am very excited to have a very special guest. His name is Neil Patal, creator of many SaaS platforms out there like Ubersuggest, Crazy Egg, and more and more, and I've been following his work for years now. Hey, Neil, how are you? Happy to have you here. I'm good. How are you? I'm uh, very good. So tell me, first of all, where you are right now in the world? I'm in Las Vegas. Really? And this is where you live? Yeah. Pretty cool. And how did you start your journey with being a writer in tech? I know that as a content creator in like the internet. So how was your journey started? Yeah, it was quite funny. So back when I was 15, I wanted to, or more so 16, I started helping people with marketing. And I was like, I want to get more customers. So you had a few options. One, you can cold call, which I was doing, but it's hard to reach infinite people through cold calling because I was only one person and it takes time. Plus, I was going to school, so I didn't have too many hours in the day to call. The second strategy that you had was pay for advertising, which I didn't have enough money for. And the third concept that I had was, hey, why don't I blog and become an expert in this space and generate business through that way? So I created a blog to generate customers, and that's how I started. And what was the theme of that blog? Marketing. So I would blog about marketing, try to generate traffic and brand awareness, and yeah, that's what we were doing. When was it? <laughs> You're probably looking at... 2001 to 2003, in that time frame, I was starting to blog and push really hard. And that was when I was really starting to get more and more traffic. Amazing. But I started roughly 2001. The early days of like the search engine optimizations when, you know, it was a wild west back then, I guess. Yeah. I was using platforms like movable type that no one talks about anymore. And there was type form. You know, this is way before WordPress was really popular. Cool. Yeah, I've been following your videos and in few of them you said like there was like different techniques when we used to use back then. Now we can't use them anymore, of course. But, you know, I like the hustle and that's pretty cool. So what have changed since then? So everything changed since then. But let's say now 20 years to the future, it's 2021. So what can be a great content strategy for like search engine optimization and blogging in 2021? Yeah, so in... 2021 for search engine optimization and blogging, the way I look at it as how can you really stand out? And I have this formula for blogging and I find that it works really well. So the first is if you look at the search trends and what people are searching for, most of it is beginner content, how to do X, Y, and Z, what is SEO, how to write a headline. It's stuff like that, but that's a content that no one wants to share on the social networks and no one wants a link to because it's been beaten to death. But I recommend that 40% of your time you write content like that, because if you don't write content like that, it'll be hard to get the search traffic. Then 10% of your time, I recommend that you write advanced content. What I mean by advanced content is, you know, like content with stats, data that shows your expertise. For example, the blog post that I published today was, I think it was like 64% of all Google searches generate no clicks, okay? 
And we took data from Uber Suggest. It was technically 62.41%. So a little bit off. 62.41% of all Google searches generate zero clicks. And I started including data from how many people don't click from when they're searching for mobile to what can you do to increase your clicks. And I had a lot of stats and data on how people like clicking on titles with questions in there or title tags with 15 to 40 characters versus longer ones that have 60 characters and I had all this data. And I mm -hmm. talked about how to combat that. That's an advanced piece of content that won't get much SEO traffic because who's really searching for you know, 62.41% of all Google searches generate zero clicks. Like, it's very rare that someone's searching for how many Google searches generate no clicks. You get what I mean? Like, it's not a popular topic like how to tie a tie or how to write a blog post. Right. But this is the kind of content that generates the backlinks, the social shares, which increases your overall site's authority, which then helps your basic content and beginner content rank well. So now you got 40% of your time writing on beginner content, 10% of the time writing on advanced content. 20% of the time, I recommend that you rewrite your old content. If you go into Google Search Console, it'll show you the content that's declining over time in traffic and the content that you need to rewrite. And what I would do is 20% of the time, spend on rewriting your old content. There's over a billion blogs on the internet. That's roughly one for every seven people. We don't really need more blogs. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't blog. It just means that Google has their prime pickings. Facebook has their prime pickings. LinkedIn has their prime pickings. They want fresh, up-to-date information. So rewrite your old, archaic content. And when you're rewriting your old, archaic content, I would highly recommend that you just keep it up-to-date and fresh. So whether it's you need to add video, change images, delete old information. Like if you're talking about MySpace, no one cares about MySpace anymore. Right. You would delete that. So that's an example of updating. And then 30% of the time, I recommend promoting your content. A lot of writers, they want to focus on writing, which is great, but it's a competitive landscape. If you're not promoting, you're not going to do well. So you need to look to see who tweeted out competitor articles and be like, hey, Asaf, you know, I noticed that you tweeted out X, Y, and Z article by author A, B, and C. I have a similar article, but mine covers 10 more tactics that theirs didn't. Feel free and tweet it if you like it. I also reach out to all the people who are you know, uh, linking to my competition, but not linking to me. You can easily do that in Uber suggest for free. And then last but not least, anyone that I link out to my article, I ask them to share it. That's amazing. And I remember a few of your past videos you gave like on your YouTube channel, like actual templates of how to reach out to people nicely. So they would like share your content or say, so they will give you like backlinks and stuff like that. So I've been actually following that advice. I think it was like three years ago and it actually worked. So that's a great piece of advice. I'm glad you implemented it. The hardest part that I have is when I teach people or give them advice, it's actually getting them to execute on it. It's tough, you know, like I still don't get how you spend your time. So you just walked me by percentage how you spent your time, but how can you build this content creation slash consistent machine that is like being consistent is the hardest part when it comes to content creation so how do you do that like you have the marketing podcast every day and the blogging every day i enjoy it so it doesn't seem like it's a lot of work for me okay that's the first thing when you enjoy something you're more likely to do it put in the time energy effort that's needed the second thing is is i'm not the ceo of my company i focus on promotion and content creation 
and building the community. I don't focus on running the day-to-day of the business. So I'm spending my time creating content. I enjoy it, and that's what really helps. That's amazing. And how do you delegate the responsibilities that you don't like to uh, other people in your organization? Do you have like tips for that? I have a co-founder who's my CEO and he's better at operations than I am. He does all the delegation and business side. I focus on the marketing and promotion side. Brilliant. Okay, let's go back to the content creation part. So you said something about publishing, also updating old content. So you recommend also to like republish your articles and stuff like that? Yeah, when you republish your article, when you're updating your old content, you don't change your URL or anything. If you want to, you can just 301 redirect the old URL to the new one. But it's more so you just update it. You change a publish date to update it today. And that's it. But when it's updating, it could be that you update a sentence. It could be update you five paragraphs. It could be that you delete five paragraphs. There is no general rule. And the reason being is every post needs to be updated differently. What I mean by that is I look at the keywords that the page is ranking for, I search from, and I look at my competitors' content and I see, are they doing anything better than me? And that'll give me an idea of where I need to update and where I need to spend my attention and focus. Do you use Uber suggest to see what your competitors are writing about? Like you do the keyword research on Uber suggest? Correct, that's right. So I'll look at Uber suggest. I put in my competitors' URL. I go to in the left-hand navigation, there's traffic analysis. And I click on the top pages, which shows all my competitors' top pages, and that'll show me what their top content is, and that'll give me ideas on what I should be writing about. Also, if they have similar pages, I look at their similar pages to mine and see what they're doing differently than me or what I can improve on based on what they're doing. Fantastic. So most of the platforms that I know out there cost like a lot of money, like Ahref or SEMrush, and Uber suggests it's like free. So can we trust yeah. the data of Uber suggests like we can trust the data of SEM Russian Ahref in your opinion? I think SEM Russian Ahrefs are amazing tools. Uber suggests is mainly free. We have some paid plans. Mm-hmm. But you can mainly use it for free, and we actually get our data from the same sources. Keep in mind, these companies were built many, many years ago. Right. So when they're built many, many years ago, we do things like using AWS, use similar data providers. When the data providers are selling the data 20 times, we worked out cheaper deals. And when you do things like that, we're able to do it at a fraction of the cost that they are, hence we're able to undercut the market. That's amazing. Eventually, what I want to do is make Ubersess. 100% free, even the data, have no paid plans except for automation. What I mean by that is I eventually want to do it where we just automatically do your SEO for you. And for that, you pay. And for all the data and everything else, it's 100% free, unlimited usage. That's my eventual goal. When do you feel like you're going to reach that goal? Sometime next year. That's amazing. We'll release automation this year. We'll adjust how we do payments this year and next year. We'll roll it up. All right. So that's amazing. So we have many people in the audience right now. They want to build their own personal brand. They want to start a blog. Many of them are like content designers. They want to do the percentage of like, they're already writers, but they want to put their work out there. Now, I know that you need to localize your content for the different platforms and you don't know where to start. Yeah. And it's like overwhelming. Should I use Instagram or TikTok or a blog or LinkedIn? Or I'm really curious to know, like, what's your take on that? Let's say that I'm starting today. I want to brand myself as, I don't know, a UX writer to find like interesting clients or to build an agency or something like that. So where would you start? So I would do a few things. First is I would publish content first on your own blog. Mm-hmm. 
second thing is after a few days of having that content up, repurpose it. There's no reason why you can't share the post on LinkedIn, share it on Facebook. That you can do the same day. And then once you share the content, then after a few days when I say repurpose, you can take the whole article and just put it on LinkedIn. You can take the whole article and put it on Facebook. You can go on Quora, answer questions by taking snippets of the article and link back That's to efficient. it. You can, you know, continually repurpose the content. You create videos from it. You can create a podcast episode from it. Marketing's turned into omni-channel. You used to be able to build a business just off of one channel and build a brand off of one channel. In marketing, they call it the rule of seven. When someone sees or interacts with your brand seven times, they're much more likely to remember it, evangelize it, connect with it. So you actually have to use all platforms, even if you don't want to. And what about the more visual platforms? I know that like it takes so much time and, you know, first of all, to engage with all of your audience, you need to answer all of them one by one. That takes a lot of time. And also, you know, now I take a snippet of an article, I need to put it on Instagram. That also takes a lot of time to make it visualized, to make a nice infographic. So what kind of process can I set up to make that efficient? Yeah, I would go out there and go hire people from Upwork to help you out for $5 or you can go to Fiverr for a few bucks. You can find people to help you out. Both are great platforms. The other thing I would do is start with a few platforms. You don't have to do all of them. You can just blog on your own site and then promote the content on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, which doesn't take much effort. Repurpose the articles a few days later. And then eventually you can get into Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, podcasting, but you don't have to do that right away. Start with a few, the easy ones, and then expand as you're getting more traction, more customers, because then you can hire more staff to help you out. Very cool. Are you on TikTok, by the way? I'm not. I need to be. We have a TikTok account. We just don't post anything. Yeah, it's, uh, it's another beast, you know? It's like uh, you need to figure it out without being, like, lame. Like, so many people are... Tr- trying too hard on that platform and you don't we don't want to be that person i guess yep we still want to give value to people very cool and is there any specific tips for um growth like i know that being consistent is is one thing but i know that like your social media accounts you have many followers on twitter and on youtube and i remember when i listened to your podcast with eric uh, a few years ago you had like this event and you said like if you're going to have 1 million downloads, so we're going to make this event happen. And, and you were very consistent about it. Like I listened to like 20 episodes when, when you talked about it, and I guess it was way more than that. So except from consistency and cool hacks like that, you have any like tips for growth? Yeah, so the big one, and you, you spotted it, as I mentioned, is consistency. That is the biggest thing. The second thing is actually experimentation. So I look to see what's popular, what's doing well, what formats. And I try copying and not the content, but doing similar approaches. Sometimes it works for you. Sometimes it doesn't. But when you keep experimenting, trying different formats, eventually you're figuring out what content, what tweets, what Facebook posts will do well. And the stuff that does well, post more of it. The stuff that doesn't do well, don't post it as much. And then keep adding in new experiments and you'll keep finding more type of content that does well. It's all about the content quality. That's the key to winning right now. So it's like also testing if you kind of see the data of what got most traction, more engagement, and then you post more of it and basically kind of testing it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very cool. What's your take on UX writing, like product writing? Many people are talking about these new opportunities in the world of UX, like writing the copy of apps like, for example, Uber Suggest or different apps. Like there's a huge explosion right now in, in this field. Also, we have like our own online education platform for UX writers. 
what's your take on that, like about the future of writers in tech, basically? There is a new field right now named UX writing. Many people are doing the transition right now from content marketing to content design, like getting into the digital products and like do in-app monetizations and stuff like that. So I want to ask, what do you think about this field and where this field is heading? Yeah, I think it's going to be a portion of the market and it's going to keep growing. For example, with SaaS apps, you can write content through app queues. What I mean by that is it, it helps you with user onboarding and stuff like that. Or you can write copy for user onboarding. Or you can do training tutorials for teach people how to use your product. Or you can do copywriting for e-commerce products when someone opens up your package and they get it at home. You have this whole card that explains how to use it and you love a review and here's some coupons for repurchases. And I think these areas are going to take a market, a percentage of the work and they're going to also pay more though. Even though it's going to be a smaller percentage of the market, they're going to pay more money because this is where you're monetizing and there's a, more of a direct ROI. And you're going to see more and more areas like that pop up. You're going to see copywriters getting paid to script out YouTube videos. You're going to see copywriters get paid to do things like do content updates instead of writing content, updating content. You'll see copywriters getting paid to help create stories for PowerPoint presentations. And you're already seeing some of this stuff, but more of these things are going to add up because I think copywriting and storytelling is a very important skill set that a lot of people don't have. Amazing. And, and as we see technology grow, I guess that we're going to see super interesting combinations of your different writing skills and the way we use technology for them, like VR or That's right. chatbots as well. You know, writers will write chatbots as well. They do. Like conversation designers. Like right now, the big thing is writing for Instagram bots. Not too many people talk about it. <laughs> and, you know, when I look at that, that's another way to generate more work so neil first of all i would like to thank you for being here today and we have this thing that we're doing with all of our guests which is some kind of brainstorming session when we need to name this episode so neil how do you think we should name this episode so i would do maybe something around the future of copywriting or how to succeed as a copywriter in a changing world. Should we add like a number, like in 2021? Or will it like be a stick in our wheel when like two years from now we will have to update it? Yeah. Um, how copywriting is changing in 2021 or how to survive as a copywriter in 2021. I think that can work as well. That's a good one. I think we have a winner here. Okay. Awesome. So Neil, thank you so much for being here today. If people want to reach out and find you, where would be the best way to do that? it would be through neilpatel.com. I blog there. You can reach out to me there. I have an ad agency, Neil Patel Digital. You can find out about UberCS there, but neilpatel.com. Perfect. So I'm going to add that link to the show notes. Neil, I had a pleasure talking to you. It was amazing to meet you in person. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. My daughter enjoyed it as well. <laughs> Ciao.